All right, we hope that you are great today and are so glad that you've chosen to join us for our service. Now today what we're doing is we're going to be continuing our third part of our series, which is called Abide, the beauty and power of God's Word. And today is actually one of my favorite messages because we are going to talk about the fact that the Word of God actually feeds our spirit. The Word of God actually feeds our spirit. And before I get into anything else, even the introduction, let me tell you how excited I am about this. I love the Bible. I hope you love the Bible. I hope you love the Word of God. And I love engaging the Bible every single day. Now, the thing about it is, is that when we are born again, you and I are born again into the family of God. God makes us a new creation by His Holy Spirit. And He comes to make a home inside of us, makes a dwelling place, makes our bodies literally a temple of the Holy Spirit. But the thing about it is, is that we become alive in Christ. We become alive in Christ. And when we become alive in Christ, we get to see the world in a completely different way. It's almost like that old song that goes, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. That's right. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. The thing is, we see things differently whenever we're made a new creation in Jesus and we're able to walk with him in a steadfast manner. And the Bible is the clearest plan for us to be able to do that well. Each and every day to walk confidently with God and walk in his favor, walk in his blessings, walk in his promises, walk in the life abundant that he has for us, leading us ultimately to the eternal life that he's promised us in Christ. And so when we're talking about the fact that the word feeds our spirit. It is basically the food for our spirit. That spirit that's united with Christ um, and, and it's united with the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come in the Lord. And the thing about the Word of God is that the Word of God is something that feeds us so that we might not only continue to live in Him, but that we might have the strength to do so day by day. Think about it in these terms, that just as you go out into your work day, just as you go out into your academic world, just as you go out into your family life, you need energy. And the energy that you're going to get comes from the food that you consume. If it's good and healthy and clean food, it's going to feel you properly. If it's not, it can actually detract from all that you want to do in your day. But the Word of God is that food source that feeds our spirits and enables us to walk with God in a powerful way. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue going through the Gospel of John, where it talks about the Word of God being food for our spirit. And the big idea is this today, that Jesus, Jesus is the true bread of heaven. And whoever feeds on him by feeding on his words will live. For his words are spirit and life and are the words of eternal life. And in John 6, what we're going to find is that believing in Jesus is equated with feeding on him. Eating, and, and when we're talking about feeding on him, we're going to talk about what that actually means. Because some of you might already go, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Rollin. Feeding on Jesus, what does that mean? You need to explain yourself. I will, okay? But when we're talking about eating, it's not a passive exercise, and neither is the work of believing in Jesus, which is the analogy that we'll be using for our interaction with the Word of God today. So this is uh, what I want you to think about. The fact that when you eat something, 
when you eat something, it affects your whole body. It might start in your mouth, it might start on your lips, but ultimately, for better or for worse, it ultimately affects your whole body. Now, it doesn't just affect it long term in terms of maybe you reaching your goals for exercise or, you know, um, uh, fitting into a particular outfit in the new year, but it, it also has immediate effects as well. It has the immediate effects of when it tastes good, it can actually send the endorphins through your body. It can be the dopamine hit that you need. And it can actually, the food that you eat can actually make you happy, right? In the same way, if you eat something that might have had food poisoning attached to it. Has anybody ever had food poisoning before? It might have started simply on your lips, but eventually it's going to affect your whole body in the course of your entire night. If either coming up or coming out, it is actually something that is causing your body to want to expunge that which does not belong in it. And in the same way, we see that eating affects, that eating affects the whole body. In our text that, that we're about to read in John today, there is an invitation to eat. And it's an invitation to eat something so wonderful that it will change the course of your very life. And it's eating the words of God feeding on the words of God, feeding on the life of Jesus and the promises that lie therein. And so today, if you have a Bible, let's open to John chapter 6. We're going to read simply verses 57 through 59, and then we're going to pray. So it says this in John chapter 6, verses 57 through 59. This is Jesus speaking to a crowd. And it says, as the living father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. And so let's pray, and then we'll dig into what Jesus means by feeding on his words and feeding, in fact, on him. Father, we thank you so much for your word to us today. And God, we thank you that you've given us your word that we might have life and life to the full. God, we're asking you that today, as we read this word and we really unpack it, that you might give us a new excitement about the word of God, that you might help us to enjoy it, that you might help us to have great expectation as we open it every day. That you might give us great understanding and a great joy that we have the ability to fellowship at your table, feeding on your son and the life that he offers us. God, we're asking you in Jesus' name that you would help us to get really practical today. That as we leave this place together, we might have a new discipline that becomes our desire and ultimately our delight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so when we look at this scripture, we obviously can answer, we obviously, first of all, could, should ask the question, should ask the question, if Jesus is speaking to a group of listeners and he's telling them to feed on him, the obvious question is, how can someone feed on Jesus? How can somebody feed on Jesus? Is Jesus somehow 
promoting some sort of quirky, weird religion where he's involving cannibalism? The answer is no. The answer is no. Jesus is not talking about cannibalism here, but he is talking about something that when you're looking at the, uh, the word of God as a, an expression of God's heart and his mind towards you, that Jesus, as we talked about in the previous message, is the word and the word that became flesh. And that we're to find our place abiding in him, abiding in his word then what we need to understand is that ultimately Jesus is talking about feeding on his word. Jesus, when he says, if you feed on me, you'll have life. He said, you'll, if you feed, learn how to feed on my word, you will have life in you. Now, let me just say the obvious pragmatic thing that that could mean and what it does mean. It means that we should read our Bibles. There is no having relationship with God and really continuing in the life of God without reading your Bible. And as often as you need to eat to remain healthy and strong, each of us have to remain healthy and strong by not eating just good food every day, but even multiple times a day to remain healthy and strong and be at our peak performance, whether you're white-collared professional, a blue-collared worker, you're an athlete, an entertainer, or the like. If you're a child or an adolescent who's growing, if you're a teenager who hasn't quite filled out yet, what we see is that in every season and phase of life, we need to eat even multiple times a day to remain healthy and strong and perform at our peak. It is the same with the Word of God. It is the same with the Bible. Our encouragement to you in this new year is that everyone would develop a daily time of opening the Word of God. And if you need help finding a good Bible plan that you can read, there are apps, free apps, whether BibleGateway.com or a very popular one known as YouVersion that you can download right now, even on your phone, as you're listening to our sermon today. And it has plenty of even topical and also year-long Bible studies by which if you've never read the whole Bible before, that can be a great goal for you this year. That I'm going to, from Genesis to Revelation, get the whole counsel of God in my mind and in my heart, see the whole panoramic view of what God's done from beginning and where he's bringing all of human history, the point to which he's bringing all of us to. And God says that if you open his word, he'll meet you there. Why do I say that? Because in his word, he says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And in fact, God wants to give you understanding in his word understanding by the Holy Spirit who comes to live in every type of believer, uh, understanding us to what he means when he says what he says. You can get a good Bible with Bible commentary. We recommend the ESV study Bible to you that gives you both historic and cultural context of the very things that you're reading so that you're reading the words of God and at the very same time you're getting explanation of the context to the people the times the circumstances that the authors were writing to and all of a sudden the word of God in this new year can come alive to you 
can come alive to you and it can deepen, enrich, and make your walk with God not something that's obligatory or you have to do, but exciting and good and real in your life. People often ask me, Roland, how do you get so much out of the Word of God? Well, I'll tell you that I've learned to ask at least four questions whenever I'm reading the Word of God. Four questions that help me to dig into it and understand what God's saying when He's saying it. Number one, whenever I'm reading the Word of God, I ask this question, what does the Word of God say in context? What does it say in context? I don't want to pull my favorite verses out and just have them say whatever I want them to say or whatever I want them to mean. But instead, in the context of what it was written, what did it mean to the people to whom it was being written? What was happening at the time? Why is it that the, these words were being spoken by Jesus? Why were they being spoken by the, the apostles or the prophets? Why were they being written? And in their context, what were they saying very plainly? Without any other interpretation, what were they saying? That's the first question that I need to ask. The second question that's been helpful to me that has allowed the Word of God to become living and active in my life is actually what is that Word saying about God? Because this is God's clear communication of Himself to us where He's telling us, who he is, what he thinks, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he will be pleased with, what he's displeased with, what he will judge and that which he will reward. He's making it as plain as possible. So it's basically what does the, the second question I ask is what is it saying about God? But God in that same communication is also saying a whole lot about humanity. He's saying a whole lot about you and me. So the third question that I ask is, what is this word saying about me? What, is, what do I need to do in response to that word? Because God's showing me who he is. He's making an invitation. He's even making certain demands on my life. So what do I need to do in response to the word that I just read? And then finally, the Word of God gives us a biblical worldview, a lens through which we can properly interpret the world around us. So the fourth question I always ask is, what is it saying about the world around me? It helps me to see from God's perspective what the world should be like, what He intends it to be like, where we've fallen short, which is the sin, and how God wants to reconcile the entire world to himself, ultimately through the redemptive work that was done through Jesus Christ at the cross. That explains why Jesus is the centerpiece of our faith, because of his sinless life, his miracles, his death for your sins and mine, the whole world's sins, substitutionary death on the cross to take the punishment that we all deserve. And because of his innocence, according to the scriptures, three days later was raised from the dead to give anyone who turns away from their sin and repents of them new life in him, but also new life through forgiveness of sins that reconciles us, brings us back into friendship with God. See, these are the things that the word of God perpetually talks about. And it's why Jesus said, whoever feeds on me will have life. So again, the first obvious answer to the question, how can someone feed on Jesus, is read by reading the Bible. Reading the Bible 
every day, all throughout the day. And as often as we eat physical food to stay healthy and strong, we read our Bible so that our spirits can remain healthy and strong. And thus we can interact with God and the world properly and then obey him and do his will. That's the first obvious answer to the question, how can someone feed on Jesus? But let's dig a little bit deeper as to what it could also mean. Well, to best understand whoever feeds on me, whenever Jesus said that in John chapter 6, it's helpful to know that Jesus is answering the crowd's specific request for a sign related to the manna sign Moses gave. When we see them talking about this story, we know that in the desert, when God brought the Israelites out of their slavery in Egypt and was bringing them into the promised land, the promised life of God, out of their slavery. See, that's the story of the gospel. He brings us out of slavery into the promised life of freedom that he has for us. And when Moses was by God's hand leading the Israelites out of their slavery in Egypt and into the promised land of modern day Israel, they went through a period of the in-between. And in the in-between, which is everyday life, what we saw was they had to go through the desert and they were hungering. They were in need of food. And though there was no restaurant, there was no buffet around them, God supernaturally, supernaturally provided them manna from heaven, food from heaven that enabled them to eat, survive, and thrive even while they were going through the desert period until they came into the land that God promised them. And whenever they are confronting Jesus in his earthly ministry, he said, listen, we know that Moses was a prophet, but Jesus, even though you speak some really deep words, we, we, we don't, we're not quite sure about you. What sign will you give us? Just like Moses gave the Israelites the sign from heaven, the manna that came down from heaven, validating that he was sent from God and that we should listen to him. This manna that the, our forefathers ate in the desert was a sign from heaven that we should listen to Moses. What's the sign, Jesus, that you are going to give us? That we should listen to your words and that your words will ultimately lead to the promised life of God and the life that he has for us. When Jesus is speaking about being the bread of heaven, he's responding to this question that his listeners had. And so... In the same way, whenever we're thinking about how they responded to Jesus, we should ask, if we were to meet Jesus face to face today, what would we ask for? And ultimately, why are we coming to Jesus? What do we want from Jesus when we come to him? Are we like the people of Jesus' day asking for a sign? And if we are asking for some sort of sign, what is the sign that Jesus gives us? Well, what does Jesus offer in response to them asking for a sign? Well, first, first what Jesus does is he calls out false hopes. He calls out fo false hopes and shows their insecurity and invites those listening to him to believe in him. 
He says, listen, you're coming to me because you think I'm going to satisfy some desire in you that's ultimately going to make you happy, right? So people come to God and they say, listen, God, if I come to you and I believe in Jesus, I'm going to get everything I ever wanted. I'm going to get that house. I'm going to get that, you know, that spouse. I'm going to get that, those children. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to ultimately get the money. I'm going to get everything that I ultimately wanted if I just give God my allegiance. And Jesus is saying, don't come to me expecting just for me to fulfill your false hopes that you think will make you happy. But ultimately, without me, those aren't things that will make you happy. They're additives to your life that can be part of the blessings of God as you walk with him. But he's ultimately saying, don't think that without me, those things are going to make you happy. And don't think you're going to just come to me as a means to an end, as a means to getting that which you think will ultimately fulfill or satisfy you. What Jesus is saying is the thing that you actually need is me. The thing that will actually satisfy you is me. I'm the author and the sustainer of life and the animating presence of life. The thing that gets you out of bed in the morning, he said, that's me. And all these other false hopes that you would try to put your confidence in, they are just like the physical food you eat. They go in the body and pass right out. They cannot sustain you forever. They are things that are temporary at best, but cannot be the source of your hopes and your security and your happiness. He said, that must be me. And so when Jesus was speaking to them in response, he said, ultimately, I'm pointing out your false hopes and re-engaging you with the hope that you should actually have in me. And this is the gospel that Jesus sees past our initial felt needs, our felt needs, and brings us to the true need we have to be reconciled with the Father, the author of life, and know that he's willing to give himself to us to make that happen. He's willing to give himself to us to make that happen. So when Jesus is speaking here in this passage, Jesus offers an invitation to an active participation in believing and receiving, not just the things that we get, think we could get through him, but believing and receiving him. And he equated it with feeding on him. But then this brings us back to the question, how can we feed on Jesus? Well, feeding on him is a holistic exercise. You need to understand that. It involves our belief in him, receiving his life, and letting him take an active role in your lives as you respond to him. This is not just a prayer that we pray and then go on living without him. Almost like people tell me a lot of times, yeah, when I was younger, I prayed the sinner's prayer. Almost like it was my get out of hell free card. And then I went to living like hell the rest of my days because I thought I had the assurance that I need needed before God to do whatever I wanted after that point. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. When he's talking about feeding on him, he says, I want an active role in your life. It's not a prayer that we pray and then go on living without him. Who Jesus is becomes a part of who we are when we're feeding on him. Just like you heard the old adage before, you are what you eat, right? 
you are what you eat. If you eat a salad, you some part of you is good in your cellular composition. It's going to be salad. If you eat that donut, same. <laughs> right? In the same way, Jesus said, if you feed on me, then ultimately he's going to become part of who you are. Well, how can we know who Jesus is apart, of, apart from knowing his scripture? The answer is you can't. And how can we feed on Jesus without taking his word into our lives? Again, the answer is you can't because the word became flesh. And feeding on Jesus involves in praying the scripture. Meaning you see the things that God wants to do in your life and you pray that he would actually bring it about in your life. It involves trusting the scripture. That if God said something about himself, about you, or about the world around you, remember that biblical worldview, then you trust it. Feeding on the scripture also means not just praying it, not just trusting it, but here's the big one, obeying it. Obeying it. Because God's giving you commands that are to be obeyed in every area of your life. What you do with your time, what you do with your talent, what you do with your treasure, what you do with your relationships. He says it is to be obeyed. Well, how can we feed on him? Well, we believe his word here. We take it in and let it transform us. And we continue to do so on an ongoing basis. Believing is actually not just having a mental or an intellectual assent to God, but believing is submitting our lives to obey God and be transformed. Doing what we believe actually completes the meal. Doing what we believe actually completes the meal. Meaning obedience is the flavoring that you actually need to see the meal complete. And let me tell you something. If you've ever come to God before and said, I've tried God, but God didn't work for me. You might have heard friends or family members say that before. I tried God before, but he didn't work for, it didn't work for me. Well, let me tell you something. Without all of the ingredients coming together, that you don't just pray the word, you don't just trust it, but you also obey it, you are trying to create a meal without all of the right ingredients. Obedience is demanded if you want to see the results of God's word come to pass in your life. Let me give you an example. If you were trying to bake a cake and you came and you came with the ingredients of milk and you came with flour, you came with milk and flour, but you did not come with eggs, right? What you at the end of the day have is a sticky mess, right? But you don't have a cake. If instead you come with eggs and you come with milk, but you don't come with the flour, you might have good scrambled eggs, but you again do not have a cake. It's only with all three ingredients coming together, the milk, the eggs, and the flour, that ultimately you can bake the cake that you want to enjoy. And in the same way, you've got to pray the word of God, you've got to trust the word of God, but you've got to also obey it if you want it to be the word or the, the, the food that feeds your spirit day by day. It's the thing that completes the meal. So in conclusion, what we have to understand is this. We all understand what it means to eat something and take it into our body and absorb it. 
In this text, Jesus takes that common understanding and invites us to do the same with him. Let's read it one more time. It says, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And so again, where do we start? We start with believing in Jesus' words. And he is the, that he is the son of God and wants to offer us eternal life. We take his words in, we absorb them, and we absorb his character, his ways, his spirit, which will again, when we're born again, indwell us. And all of who Jesus is becomes a part of us as we feed on his word, the scripture. We lay all of our other hopes down since they are not really secure anyway. Then we live in him and continue as we started. We don't just have one meal and think it's going to hold us for a lifetime. We actually don't even just show up at church and have one meal a week, hoping that we'll have the energy to perform at our best. No, we feed on him daily and we continue in him. We feed on Jesus and we take more of his words, absorb those, let them become part of us and feeding on Jesus. We see it as an active ingredient. An active, I'm sorry, an active, obedient faith that continues to impact our whole person. Feeding on his word is part of this process. We can read today Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter, chapter 55 verses 1 through 3. And really at the end of the day, it, it's an invitation for those who want to come and say yes to Jesus' invitation to have that eternal life in him. We want to give anybody who's been around the things of God, but has never really come to repentance and chosen to live a life feeding on his word, the opportunity to repent and come to him fully that they might order their lives accordingly. But in Isaiah 55 verses one to three, one through three, again, the prophet Isaiah speaking 700 years before Jesus showed up on the scene, speaks about the word of God this way. He says, come, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. And this is ultimately the invitation that God makes to us through Jesus, his son, into the eternal life that he has for us today. So I want to end by giving that invitation to us all, no matter where you find yourself today. If you find yourself outside of that covenant of God, 
then now is your opportunity to come into relationship with him through the word of life that he's offering you today. The gospel that speaks about his cross, his death, burial, and resurrection for new life in you. And if you have been a Christian, but you felt yourself really just holding on or living on fumes, having faith, but living on fumes because you don't have a living dynamic relationship with this word, allowing this word to feed your spirit day by day. I want to also pray for you because through repentance, you can establish a new rhythm in this new year that will feed your spirit and have you performing and living for God at your best. So let me start with those who may not be in the covenant of God yet. If you really hear these words today and say, you know what, I, I acknowledge my false hopes and I know I've tried every other thing except God and doing it his way. But I see that today Jesus says that he is the bread of life and if I feed on him, not only will I have eternal life, but I won't have to feed on or run after these other things that so often disappoint and leave me empty and dry. You acknowledge today that it's your sin that separated you from God, but you don't want to live in that sin anymore. And you want to come to Jesus for that life in him, that forgiveness of those sins, turning away from that and from them and that new life in him. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me today? Almighty God, I acknowledge you and your son Jesus as the bread of life. And I know that I've wasted so much of my time in my life running after things that disappoint. Idols that couldn't hear me, that couldn't help me. Relationships that couldn't fill me. But I know that you, Jesus, are the bread of life today. And that if I choose to feed on you, I'll have not only life to the full here, but eternal life because of your death, burial, and resurrection for me on that cross. I admit to you today that I'm a sinner and I choose to turn away from everything that your word says is sapping and taking life from me. And instead turn to believe and obey your words that lead to life and life to the full. God, I ask you to forgive me today. I believe that Jesus not only took my punishment on that cross, but was raised three days later because of his innocence to grant me forgiveness of sin. God, would you forgive me today? Would you make me a new creation today and teach me how to love you and follow you, feeding on the life of your son through your word from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you've proclaimed Jesus Christ your Lord, the Bible says that he's made you a new creation. So would you go with me to our website, secondcitychurch.com slash newlife. There you can find not only resources, but next steps of how to continue to live a life feeding on this word of God with a community of believers who are actually doing the same. There are people who can pray with you even now in this moment. So if you tap on the link below, people can stand with you and cry out to the God of heaven and earth who can come, not only hear you, but come and transform your life today. And for the rest of us, if you say, God, I've tried to walk with you, but I need help in enjoying and really obeying your word. I want to pray for you. Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. And I pray that even as you said that if we feed on you, we will have life. God, I pray that what begins as a discipline for them might become their desire and then ultimately their delight. May they see the benefits of your word. 
where even as the psalmist said in Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. God, we know we only have access to these things through your word. And so, God, I'm praying that you would give your people a hope in your word, an enjoyment in your word, and an excitement in your word. Give understanding. Help them not to just depend on themselves to get the understanding out of this word, but to use the tools we talked about today to have a new, living, dynamic, deepened relationship with you through your word in Jesus' name. God bless them as they do so. We thank you. Amen. All right, and so now as we have this great expectation that God's word is going to feed our spirits day by day, let's go back into worship now, honoring him for his great love and great promises towards us in Jesus' name. <laughs> 